I probably don't need to tell you about Evening Encouragements with Pastor Jeremy, but in case there's a few of you who haven't seen these videos, let me tell you. Pastor Jeremy is like the best friend you need, giving you a pep talk of biblical encouragement to end your day. And now you can listen to his messages. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll want to check out Evening Encouragements with Pastor Jeremy. Today's episode is the last episode in our March series, and it is called March in Place, when nothing is changing. And I think we've all been there. I think we've all been at that point in our life where we are in a season of stuck. As in, I am not where I want to be. I don't know how to get out of this situation. This is not what I want to be doing. I'm definitely not living to my full potential. I have different goals, and what do I do to get out of here? Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you're stuck as you're watching a prodigal in your life who just doesn't seem to be waking up. You're praying, you're trying to convince them there's a better way, but they still are on the fast track to not good things. Maybe it's you that has an addiction, whether you're eating too much, drinking too much, smoking, pornography, retail therapy. Those boxes show up every day and that's how you're spending your money. Maybe you don't have the energy or the motivation to do what you know that you want to do. As in, you want to get your house cleaned up. You want your yard to look better. You've let it all go um, crazy and nothing's kept up. Or the deck. You know that you should get out there and take care of that deck and you should get new stain on it. But no, you're not doing that. Or there's so many things that you've just sort of let go because... It's easier to just forget they're out there than to actually have to face them. Am I speaking your language yet? (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Maybe, just maybe, you really do want a closer walk with God. You know that's what you want, but you haven't gotten started. It's daunting. It can be daunting to walk into a church that you've never been to or to walk into that Bible study. You want to be at that woman's Bible study but you don't know anybody. Or you want to get into the Bible, but it is 66 books. Where do you begin? Where do you start? This seems daunting. Where? How? You're just stuck. And instead of leaping into some kind of change, you're just like, ah, it's easier to be stuck. Well, today I'm going to give you three things that you can do to try to get out of that stuck season. So number one, Realize that one of the most powerful things that you can do is make small decisions to change. It's really what it is. I think we freak ourselves out all the time because we think, well, I need to lose 20 pounds or 40 pounds or 100 pounds instead of saying, I need to make one good food decision today. Or I am going to walk. 15 minutes today. 
That's 15 minutes more than I walked yesterday. Or I am going to turn off that TV. And I'm going to do some housework because doing housework is burning more calories than sitting on the couch. And I'm cleaning my house in the meantime. It so often ends up being small decisions throughout the day that make a huge impact on your life. Listen, when I started reading my Bible, I didn't set out to, you know, read my Bible all at once. And I didn't do the Bible in a year program. I just decided to do one chapter a day. And I don't think I even did one chapter every day. I think I did one chapter most days. And pretty soon I was through my Bible. And now it just depends on the year. Sometimes I have, you know, a goal to get through it quickly. And sometimes I have a goal. Last year I told a friend and she kind of laughed. But I said, you know what? These days I try not to read more than 10 verses at a time. Because I want to study those verses. I want to marinate those verses. I want to know what those verses mean. And I'm going to just sit on those. I'm going to pray on those. I'm going to think on those. I'm going to read a commentary on those. And I'm not moving on until I've gotten through those 10 verses. Now, uh, some 10 verses are not really good to marinate on. So I'm not going to give you the idea that I did that all the way through the Bible. In fact, I didn't even stick with it for the whole year. Certain parts of the Bible, I did that. And certain parts of the Bible, I was like, "Mm -mm, not doing it. But this is the thing. I realized a long time ago, I don't let these things slow me down. So if I make a goal of reading no more than 10 verses, and I get to a part that I can't stand just reading 10 verses because I don't want to sit and think about this actual section, I just keep going. Because it's better for me to keep going than to get stuck. So I don't let these things stop me. So, and if I don't exercise one day, I get up and exercise the next day. So what? Yesterday, I didn't feel like it. It's not the end of my world. So the point being that when you write a book, you don't set out to write a book. I don't anyway. I've written several books. I don't set out to write the book. I set out to write one chapter. And I usually will divide that chapter up into several points. And I'll just write that paragraph. And then I'll write the next paragraph, and then I'll write the next one, and then I'll finish that chapter. And when I'm done with that chapter, I'll start dividing the next paragraph and the next um, chapter and the next page up. And, And I don't freak myself out saying I have to write a whole book. I don't do that. I divide it into small sections that I can deal with. So get rid of one unhealthy thing. I don't know what it is. Instead of smoking five cigarettes today, maybe you smoke two. Get down to the point that you can go, you know, with two cigarettes a day and then try to get down to one. And then maybe one morning you'll wake up and you'll go, you know, I don't even need that one. Why am I hanging on to that? If you um, don't exercise at all, go for a walk during your break at work. Just small things. Write down a few small changes you want to make this week that will get you from where you're at now in your stuck season, closer to where you want to be, and then celebrate it. Zechariah 4.10 says, Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. My husband has a saying that he has said since we've been married. He said, once done, once begun, half done. 
So just starting, just starting is reason to rejoice. Like this Bible passage says, you get the plumb line in your hand. Hey, it looks like there's something that's going to start happening here. Rejoice. Don't despise small things. Who cares? You gave up two cigarettes? Wonderful. That is worth celebrating. Don't put yourself down. Keep going. You're going in the right direction. Fabulous. Which leads us right to number two. Forgive yourself. Please forgive yourself. If you're anything like me, I'm very good at beating myself up, uh, at remembering all my past failures, at talking myself out of something, and deciding I probably won't be able to get through this either. Don't do that. (laughs) Look. Remember who God is. God is not somebody who kicks you when you're down and says that will never work. Peter denied Jesus. Jesus went back to him. He reinstated him. Like, I am not done with you yet. The apostle Paul was killing Christians. God went to him like, I can use you. Moses, he had hung it up. He wasn't going to lead anything. He was going to be a shepherd in the desert. God came to him and said, I can use you. I need you. No, I don't think so. And God said, of course, I need you. I would have gone to the other person if I wanted someone else. You are the one. So God is not one to say, yeah, you're right. You know, I can't use you. (laughs) Read the Bible. He uses all of us. Failures, people who have given up, people who aren't courageous. Yep, he'll use you. So stay in the game. Remember that a setback is just a setback. Satan wants to rub your nose in it. When you have a bad day, when you've set these little goals that you're going to do, and then you flub up and you think, oh, that's it. Why bother? Can't try. I can't change. I'm not the one. Ah, 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 ah. That is not God. That is Satan. That is Satan or your sinful nature that's telling you that. That's not God. God removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. He says, your sins are scarlet, but I will make them as white as snow. He says, I've redeemed you. I have bought you back. Jesus shed his blood, his precious, precious blood, because he didn't want you to stay stuck in sin. He is not pushing you down. Recognize that he is cheering you on. Girlfriend, I paid for that sin. You're done with it. Wash your hands. Keep going. You can do it. All throughout the Bible, we read nothing is impossible with God. Don't talk yourself in to thinking that this is impossible. You're never going to get unstuck. Boo-hoo. Don't believe it. God is bigger than whatever it is that you are struggling with. So don't forget to be praying. Don't forget to be putting it into small, manageable steps. Forgive yourself. And number three, if neither of the first two things that I said meant anything to you, Know this, life is fleeting and none of us knows how much time we have. A good friend of a friend found out she had cancer and a couple months later she was dead. And as I was chatting with my friend, she said to me, what would you do if you found out you had six months left? I didn't know how to answer it, honestly. I mean, this was a couple of years ago, and I remember looking around thinking, I, what would I do? I have lived my life completely differently since that time. I don't leave things undone. 
If the deck needs to be stained, I go out and stain the deck. You know why? Because if I drop over dead tomorrow, I don't want my family to have to deal with it. I did a major, major landscaping project in my backyard because I had so many flower beds all over and they required so much work and so much effort from me. And I remember thinking, you know, if I wasn't here, this would be a very big burden on my family. So I got rid of all the flower beds, moved all the flowers to one section of my yard, planted a whole bunch of grass, made it easier to mow, easier to manage. Went through my house. I went through a lot of my house, all those storage areas, storing all that stuff that I really don't need. Yeah, I don't want my family to have to deal with that. What would you do if you had six months left? How would you want to spend your time? Let me tell you something. If you start living as if you're not going to be here forever, you get those big things done, like the things that I was just telling you about. Then if you found out that you only had six months left, guess what? It would be so much easier to use that six months to just hang out with your family and the people that you want around you. Because when you get caught up on all that stuff that you don't want to leave for your family, guess what? Your house is open and ready for visitors. We have never had so many people over as we have in the last two years. If you need encouragement, support, you stop on over. That's our philosophy. During the summer, any given night, we have people on our deck. We always want to be around so that our neighbors can stop over, our friends can stop over, anyone who needs encouragement, anyone who's lonely. So, how would you spend your time? Because when it comes to stewardship, so often we think, well, God, you know wants us to use our money wisely. That is true. And God wants us to use our abilities and our talents wisely. But guess what? We also should be stewarding our time wisely. And you know, I know this is something that I really, really struggle with. Because I can get distracted so easily. All I need is for somebody to send me a news story, right? So, They send me the news story, and that leads me down a rabbit hole. Now I'm searching because now I read this story, and I'm like, what? Is this? Can this be true? So then I have to go, you know, look up something else that's related, which also leads me to another rabbit hole. And an hour and a half later, I'm like, did I need to know this? Why did I just do this? What is wrong with me? Or social media? Have you ever just thought because you're tired you're like oh, I'm just gonna you know scroll a little bit and two hours later you're dead tired you were tired two hours ago you should have just read your bible and gone to bed Amber Swenson nope I started scrolling and guess what happened two hours were gone and I didn't learn anything I didn't use that time praying for somebody who's lonely hurting suffering nope It's just gone. So that time that you have, that precious, precious time that you have is worth something. So don't just throw it away. Now, there's one other aspect to all this. Sometimes it's not us who is stuck, but someone else who is stuck. And you're looking at these things and you're like, well, 
I mean, that's all great, Amber, but I'm watching my spouse who's stuck in an addiction cycle or a straying, you know, parent or child or someone. What can I do? Well, you can use that time to commit to praying for them. You can see if you can help, you know, just being in their life. I am not going to name names or situations, but I will just say this. The Apostle Peter told us to be alert and to keep praying because our enemy is a roaring lion. And when you are alert, you will find many ways to help people. I know somebody who's straying, and I found out that they were in a predicament. And I hesitated just a couple minutes. I waffled back and forth. Should I go to them? Should I not go to them? What should I do? And I finally thought, don't hesitate. Just act. So I did. Showed up at their door, sat down, brought what little I could to help with the situation. Ended up sitting and talking for about two and a half hours. And that opened the door to texts and prayer opportunities and seeds that were at least sown. Commit to prayer, make the most of opportunities, stay alert, help them when you can. And this is what I know. None of us need to stay stuck. We can do hard things because we have God to help us. And you look at the Bible and over and over and over, you see that God is the God of the impossible. There are so many situations in the Bible that were impossible, whether it was David and Goliath or a vast army that needed to be defeated and clearly Clearly, Gideon's 300 men were no match for the Midianites or the Assyrian army that Hezekiah was struggling with or the Red Sea that the people were standing in front of. There's a a million situations that could have been deal breakers. But they're in the Bible because God wants us to see he's the God of the impossible. What is stuck to us is not stuck to him. Jonah was in the ocean, drowning, and God sent a fish. Your situation is not too hard for him. Whatever mess you are in, however stuck you are, (laughs) when you trust in God, when you go to him for help, you're going to the right person because it's no match for him. Don't stay stuck forever. Just remember that little things lead to big changes. Forgive yourself and realize that time is fleeting. Today is the day to do something different. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, send it to them. And then meet for coffee, and four hours later, you'll both have a new attitude on life. Or maybe that's just me. Either way, thanks for being here, and have a great week.